0: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other
1: stories. (laughs) (laughs) R. Written by Josh Curran. Narrated by Harry Dobby. We're safe. My baby, we're safe it's all my fault. I'm so sorry. I just want you to know that I would never, never let anything happen to you. That man, or whatever he is, I didn't think he was real. I I thought I'd made him up. You see, your daddy and I love you very much, but when I was a little girl, I didn't have a daddy anymore, and and my mummy didn't love me very much at all. She used to drink a nasty drink and fight with other mummies. One day, she was playing one of her games and she told a bit of a fib. She told her friends that I could make fake money. She locked me in a room and told me I had to make lots of it and it had to look real or else she'd get angry. Is you sleepy? Is you sleepy? Let's put you in your crib. I tried and I tried, but I didn't know how to make it look like real money. When it didn't work, I just cried because I didn't like it when my mum got angry. But then, I saw a man in the corner of the room. This man had a smart shirt and a jacket on, iron trousers, polished shoes and a small black bow tie. He looked like a kind, friendly gentleman and spoke in a gentle tone. He noticed that I was sad and asked why. So I told him all about my mum and how she wanted me to make all this fake money. He said that he might be able to help, but I'd have to do something in return. I'd have to give him a drop of my blood. A teeny bit of my blood didn't sound like much, so I said yes. The man handed me a contract. Not that I really knew what a contract was at the time, and I signed it. A moment later, I looked around and saw stacks and stacks of counterfeit money. I thought it must have been magic. I was so excited. The man then handed me a pin and a vial. As I promised, I pricked my finger and bled a single drop into the vial. He said thank you, and in less than a second he was gone. When my mum came back, she was surprised to see how much counterfeit money there was. It was so accurate, she couldn't tell if it was real or fake, and neither could her friends. And they were all very happy. My mum gave me a big meal and even got me a new toy. Things were nice for a short while, but then the money ran out, and my mum locked me in that room again and told me to print more, twice as much as before. The man appeared again, and he said he would make twice as much counterfeit in exchange for two drops of my blood. I agreed, signed his contract, gave my blood, and he did his miracle again. My mum was ecstatic, and we soon moved into a bigger, nicer house. She also made some new friends, friends who drove fancy cars and wore nice clothes. And those friends wanted her to make lots of counterfeit much more than before so again my mum locked me in a room the man appeared and when I told him how much fake money I needed he shook his head he said for that much he'd need more blood than I had in my body I almost burst into tears but then he said he might have a better idea he could make it so I was never asked to make fake money again. I wouldn't be around my mummy's nasty friends, I would finally have a daddy who loved and cared for me. Well that was everything I'd ever wanted so I said yes straight away. As he took out a contract the man said there was a price but I wouldn't have to pay it for many years. I didn't care about the price so without really reading it I signed. After an hour or so I began to hear my mum and her friends shouting things at each other and then a loud bang. The door to the room I was in was locked so I couldn't go out and see what was happening even if I wanted to. After an hour or so of silence someone opened my door but it wasn't my mum. It was a tall man. A police officer. He said that my mummy had had an accident and that I needed to go with him so I could be safe. When I was older, I found out that it wasn't quite an accident. Two of my mum's friends had found something. When they confronted her about it, she couldn't explain it and they shot her. But the thing they found, it was... A police ID card, with my mum's name and picture on it. They must have thought she was part of some sting operation and killed her. But there's no way she could have been a police officer she spent most of her time passed out drunk and the rest of it being an absolute oh, whatever, you'll learn bad language one day an absolute cunt but what the strange man had said before in that room it came true I never had to make counterfeit money again I never saw those gangsters after that and only a and after only a month of foster care I got adopted in the end, I finally had a dad in fact I had two They loved me and cared for me I did well at school Did well at uni Got a good job Met a cute guy And here you are Over all these years I managed to put the whole ordeal With my mother behind me I told a psychologist about the strange man And she said it was most likely A psychological manifestation I'd created him in my mind To cope with everything to provide me with some sort of comfort an assurance that everything would be alright it was just a work of fantasy or so I thought just last week as I was taking you to nursery I received a letter where is it? here Dear Mrs. Jade Hadfield, As detailed in the contract you signed, your payment must be delivered by the end of the week. I have included a copy of the contract for your convenience. I look forward to the completion of our contract. Yours sincerely, R. I thought maybe it was a joke. I hadn't told many people about the strange man, only the psychologist. I never even told your dad, or my dad's. So, I looked at the contract... It's a few pages long, but it's clear. In payment for him improving my childhood, I have to deliver him my firstborn child. And there was my signature. Definitely mine. But I swear to you, if I had known, if I was old enough to understand, I would never have agreed with that. I would suffer anything to protect you. Anyway... I ignored it. There's no way that contract could be legally binding. No court would consider it legal. So, a day went by where I tried to put it out of my mind. And then, just as I put you in the car, I turned round and there he was. Wearing the exact same jacket, shirt, trousers, shoes, bow tie. The same as I remember. But that wasn't what frightened me. It was his face. It was identical to before. It's been twenty years and his face hasn't changed. He spoke in his same eerily friendly tone, saying he hoped his letter had found me well and wondering when I would make payment. I told him he would never have you, that I would die before I would let him take you. When I told him I'd call the police, he said that no law enforcement or British court could stop him, that his contract would be upheld by a much higher court, that he would be back in six days to fulfil the terms. He stepped behind a car and he was just... gone. I don't know how, but... he disappeared. Over the next few days, I saw him near the house, when I was at work, when I was out... I told the police, but he keeps dodging CCTV cameras and no one ever seems to see him. I don't think they believe me. Your dad certainly doesn't. But I found something. I went over the contract again and there was a small section on what could void the contract. And it says... If the principal contractee, myself is able to correctly present the genuine legal name of the contractor to the contractor, then any obligations the principal contractee were previously liable for would become null and void. So, if I could say to him his real name, then I can save you. I don't know why he put something like that in the contract. Maybe it's something to do with his higher court, but I've got something to go on. On the letter and contract, he's only signed it R. But the letter itself was delivered through Royal Mail, meaning it must have been posted from somewhere. So I hired a PI, and he managed to track the letter from our house to a Royal Mail depot all the way back to a small office in West London. An office that was registered to one Wilhelm Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. I was worried it might be a coincidence at first but my PI did some more digging and apparently Mr. Rumpelstiltskin published that office around 20 years ago on the exact same day that I signed that contract so it must be him if he tries to come for you again I know his name and I can void his stupid contract so we're safe my baby, we're safe I wish your father was here it would make things much more bearable no, he thinks I'm having some sort of psychotic episode. He tried to take you away, but I wouldn't let him. Honestly, I've had enough of men trying to take you away from me. I know that in a way he was just trying to protect you.
0: Good evening, Mrs. Hadfield.
1: You? How the fuck did you get in?
0: of no concern to you as you are likely aware your time is up please hand over the child
1: you are not taking her you fucker
0: there is no need for such language there is a child present after all as for myself taking her you signed a fair and balanced contract i gave you a life and now you must give a life in return
1: yeah i've read your contract it also says that I can keep my baby if I present you with your genuine legal name, Mr. Wilhelm Rumpelstiltskin.
0: Ah, yes. I see you have discovered my... nom de plume. Your... Oh, my pseudonym. Fictitious name. My apologies. I don't want to appear patronizing. I'm sure you knew what a nom de plume was.
1: Your office was registered as...
0: Ah, yes. My real name can be a bit of a pain to write, so I normally go with the Rumpelstiltskin. I didn't mislead you, did I? I
1: I, I don't care what your name is. I'm not letting you near her.
0: Don't worry. Your cooperation is not necessary. go.
1: How oh, did you... Give her back! Give her back!
0: Really? You've seen me manufacture thousands in counterfeit currency in a second. It's really not too hard to transport an infant from a crib into my arms. You
1: can't have her! Give her now!
0: Our business is concluded. Goodbye.
1: No! Please! No! G- give her back!
0: hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. R was written by Josh Curran, narrated by Harry Dubby and Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Mayu and Tom Robson. We want your stories. We're looking to publish the very best in horror, thriller and sci-fi stories on this podcast, so we want your submissions. If you're interested, we've just announced the next three themes with The Other Stories over on our Facebook group. We've got Ancient Egypt dinosaurs, and Japan. On top of that, submissions are now open for those themes, so head over to wwwhawkandclevercom forward slash submissions and give it a go. Why not? You might just scare someone silly. Until next time.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods